Welcome to the Michelob Ultra Golf Show with Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. That's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! The Golf Show is presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you in part by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Barnesville Grocery, Moorhead Parks, Forest Hills Golf Course, and Wildflower Golf. Here it comes. Oh, my goodness. Have you seen anything like that? Now, let's head to the first tee. This guy's pretty good. And here's your host, Jeff Kolpak. This is Jeff Kolpak. This is 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM. 740thefan.com is your web address. Fifth largest AM signal in the country. Thank you for coming along for another show of the, the golf show. I'm not going to waste any time with our first guest. Uh, I kind of knew him growing up. As Tom Lehman, the KX4 amateur champion or the Pine to Palm medalist, I'm sure you guys all know of him doing other things. Uh, hello, Tom. Thanks for joining the show. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. And I do remember the, those golf tournaments. They were awfully fun back in the day. I enjoyed them very much. Well, you got to start somewhere, don't you? I mean, I talked to Jim Adelson yeah. once, and I think right before he passed, and he remembers that tournament. Maybe you do, I don't, or not. That I think you were leading going into Sunday, and it rained so hard they just made you the champion and stopped. I don't know if that's true or not, but that that is true. I think I think I had a pretty big lead too. I think I had about a six or <laughs> eight shot lead or something like that, and so I think it was just like, okay, let's just all go home. Yep. Well, the number one reason I want you to have have you on today is there's some exciting things that you and your design company are doing in Brainerd, opening up the. Layman 18, and it's part of a 45-hole revision of the entire uh, setup at Cragen's. Give us an overview. How did you get going in something like this? Because it seems quite expansive. Well, it is. It's, it's um, you know, I think very, very invasive and expansive in that I mean, we, we touched every single hole and then added nine more. And so the way it actually ended up going, I think, is we built maybe 10 or 11 new holes, completely new holes, you know, eliminated uh, a hole in there somewhere, and mm-hmm. then reversed a few holes on one of the nines, and, but eventually, but it, you know, we touched every single part of the golf course, and then another another new nine on top of it, so, you know, it's a big, big project, I mean, really pretty amazing, I was up there with my son for the uh, Minnesota State Junior a few summers ago, and Dutch Cragen was there, and and he rolled out these plans that he had with this new property he had adjacent to the already existing 18 holes and said he wanted to build more golf and have maybe have some houses. And, mm-hmm. you know, being that he's a big Gopher supporter and I'm a Minnesota Gopher alumni, it was the perfect fit. Why don't we go ahead and do this? And, of course, I was not one to argue. I said I'd love to do this, and, and away we went. How long ago was that? I mean, this isn't something you do overnight, and I mean, it's not like going no. and playing a round of golf. What kind of a timeline are we talking here? Yeah, well, you know, it, it was, uh, you know, uh, let's just say, let me see, last year, 2022, 21, so probably 2020, mm-hmm. uh, the summer of 2020. And, you know, they had been planning something for a while. I think they already had most of the permits in order for for some of the things they wanted to do. So they, he was actually quite a ways down the road, just didn't like maybe the details of the routing they had already in place that somebody else had done uh and uh, anyway, so it uh, it came together very quickly, and we started 
uh, probably in the, the late fall of 2020, and then in 21 and 22, you know, we built Britain uh, nine brand new holes, uh, renovated 27, and now we have nine more renovations to go uh, this uh, this summer, and it'll be finished. Okay. Uh, looking at some of the layouts, and I did the the flyover online, the Layman 18 going through wetlands, a lake. Is There's nothing that says Minnesota like that, is there not? Uh, no, it's it's vintage uh, Minnesota. And, it, it, you know, Brainerd is such a beautiful area. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lakes up there are fantastic. It's all, you know, sand-based, sand duny type soil, so it's great for golf. But just, just the, the everything you, you, you think of when you think of Minnesota with, Right, the lakes, the the wetlands, the 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 birch trees, the pine trees. I mean, just everything about it is, uh, you know, it, it just reeks of uh, central Minnesota. And the, the beautiful thing is, it's you know, it's only two hours from downtown Minneapolis. It's, there's such a great population uh, of people and within a two hours drive any direction. And a beautiful place to go visit. You know, a great resort to stay at along with others up there you know really really a, a great destination pga tour champions player and golf designer tom Lehman joins us on the golf show this is jeff kopak coming to you from the gunnerson jewelers studio tom's there something about designing courses that just energizes you do you do you come up with these things late at night driving somewhere what what where do you get uh, your motivation for all this oh it goes way back as a kid i would just draw golf courses i <laughs> You know, really starting in maybe fifth or sixth grade, I would just doodle on pieces of paper and draw golf holes. And wow. you know, I love to watch golf on TV. You know, love to play, um, but always have loved architecture. I mean, and to the point where going into college, I strongly considered, uh, you know, very interested in aeronautical engineering and aeronautical design. Um, kind of also, you know, any kind of architecture. You know, so I checked out the School of Architecture. At University of Minnesota, I checked out the School of Aeronautical Engineering and Design in St. Louis. Uh, really wanted uh, to make that my academic, you know, I would say, career. Mm-hmm. And uh, both places said, basically, you know, if you're going to play golf, you're not going to have time for this architecture stuff. So I had <laughs> to make a choice and mm-hmm. chose, chose to play golf, went to the business school, but never lost my love for, for designing things and creating things. Well, you're doing both now. How how do you make that work right now? Playing in a PGA yeah. event right now this week. Yes, you know what? We've always been uh, you know, one project at a time type thing. I, I can handle one project at a time. So right now we're working on a project in Phoenix. Um, we're in the course of construction. Is you know it'll be basically finished by the time we pick it back up again in Brainerd. Um, then the have a project again in Phoenix in a couple of years starting, so we're in the planning stages there. So the, really, you know, the projects all have been staggered in such a way that there's really one one thing maybe in planning and one thing under construction at any given time, which gives me time to focus enough on my own game as well as what I need to focus on with the design. And, and that makes my life very busy, and, and you know, my hands are, are very full. I know one of those projects you did a while back, Windsong Farm outside the Twin Cities, I played that and one of the members was telling me, and I don't know if it's true or not, but when you first started designing that, you'd literally take your clubs, a ball, and just start hitting balls in the sloughs through the mud on the hills or whatever. And when there's just to get a what a visual, can you take us on on how you go through something like that? Uh, that sounds like dirty work there. Uh, fun work, you know. I, I actually believe that the planning stages are the the most fun stages, and 
And a project like Windsong, which was just a you know big horse property, rolling hills and some wetlands, and uh, those are the most fun where you just need to spend the time out there and, and finding these places that are so conducive to you know to really good golf holes. And, and that's right. So I, then I would you know go out there with my clubs and I would you know tee up a driver in the in the pasture and I'd hit tee shots to different directions and you know see where the ball would go and how far you. Know, you know, you obviously you have a laser, but it's, it's, you know, I'd like to kind of hit the shots as well. And, and uh, to me, that was very fun. And it still is my most enjoyable part of the process is, is, is either finding the new golf holes or, you know, looking and spending time trying to recreate a golf hole to make it better. Did you do something like that at Craigens too, with uh, this stuff? And did you just start? Oh yeah, yeah? absolutely. Absolutely. Just, um, you know, there was, there was, uh, this beautiful topography that we had to work with. And, and, you know, so the golf clubs were out, you know, hitting shots out of the, out of the, the, you know, sandy grassy areas, you know, hitting them in different directions, you know, playing the existing holes and trying to figure out where the, you know, if we want to put a bunker, where would the bunker go? If, if you want to reverse a hole, where would the tee shot be? And, you know, how to, how to make that play best. I mean, this, there's a, you know, kind of try to get an idea for how it plays. Uh, I think the whole idea is try to make things immensely playable and, and, and extremely fun, yet be able to challenge, you know, the better players. And to me, that's the real secret and mm-hmm. the real uh, and sometimes difficulty of golf course design is how do I how do I test the good players, yet, you know, make it playable uh, and enjoyable for the higher hand. Right. And that, that's a balance. That's got to be a, a tough balance that... Yeah, it's just, yeah, I mean, he doesn't want a hundred yard wide fairway where he can plug it anywhere <laughs> right. and call that fun. You know, I mean, you, you, there's something out there that should get your attention and, and make you pay attention, and uh, you know, that's that's to me the the the, the mystery of, of the, the design business is how to do that. And I think typically what you find is that the best best courses, the ones that are the greatest, have amazing greens, and so there's pin positions that you can locate. You know, even for a wet shot, you know, in places that are very testing and require a lot of skill. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you don't really need to do a whole lot to the green, you know, but you have a set of greens that, that really sets good ball strikers apart from poor ball strikers and, and good putters apart from poor putters. The Layman 18 on Craigens Resort on Gull Lake, is there something about the name that gives a little more punch, a little more legacy? I mean, <laughs> you got your name on something. Well, that... Yeah, it was, and that was Dutch's idea. He really wanted that. I, I kind of, you know, was was against it. I, you know, mm-hmm. I just it's it's humbling, you know, but a little uncomfortable for me. I'd rather have his name be on something. Let him have his legacy, you know, be attached to the, all that golf. But um, he insisted, and and uh, who am I to argue? You know, <laughs> but we had, you know, this it's a includes a, it includes renovated parts of the old Bobby course. You know, right. along with new nine new holes, you know, out in the uh, kind of the outskirts of the new property he had bought with Hatch Residential involved, and um, yeah. you know, very beautiful, you know, beautiful flowing nine holes of golf. It's uh, you know, that was yeah. Dutch's idea. Great. Tom Lehman is a guest. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show on Seven Forty The Fan. We're gonna take a short break. More with our conversation with Tom right after this. Just aim it at that trap, it'll curl right back You've got a slice like a sickle It's a brass wedding ring Welcome back to the Golf Show with Jeff Kopak. Come to you from Gunderson Jewelers Studio. 
in downtown Fargo. Tom Lehman is the guest later in the show. Outgoing Minnesota Golf Association Executive Director Tom Ryan joins us. Which, by the way, Tom, he says hello. Made me say hello to him. Well, yeah, hello to Tom. Congratulations on a, on a really great career at the MGA. You've done a lot of great things. And I look forward to seeing you on the lakes in Alexandria. All right. And, and, and that name Ryan, I mean, with that golf, I mean, it's, this is Lehman and Ryan. There's a lot of There's a lot of years there. Yeah, well, you know, we've both been around for a while. He looks a lot younger than I do. But uh, anyway, he he's a good man, that man, Tom Ryan. I, I really think he's done tremendous things. Uh, I want to finish up our conversation a little bit on, on the design and Craigans and the Lehman 18, but how are you playing? How are you, How is it going in the in the tour? You're, you're teeing it up this week. How do you feel about your game? Well, it's been a, a battle for me. I um I've had a terrible knee for a long time, and last summer it finally got it replaced. And trying to get back in in sharp playing form has not been easy, and I don't know why exactly. But uh, I've been fighting hard, working hard, and I finally feel like I'm starting to get to that point where my game is improving again. I lost a lot of distance, uh, you know, the first five or six months after the surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a hard time moving well, and and uh, you know, it was hitting it super short. You know, and finally now I'm starting to move a lot better, hit the ball further, and and uh, now just a matter of kind of getting the ball to go in the hole. So we'll see. My game feels like it's it's on the verge of being very good again. Obviously, you still like to compete. I mean, that just probably doesn't never leaves a competitive golfer like yourself. I would imagine. Well, I do. I, I you know, and not just compete, but I like to prepare. I, I do really enjoy golf for the per- the reason that you're always looking forward. Just something coming up. There's um, something about life being enjoyable, mm-hmm. more enjoyable when you have things to look forward to, and and that's what golf provides. It always provides things that you you can't wait, uh, you know, to get there on the calendar. You know, the U.S. Senior Open in Wisconsin. I can't wait to play there. Um, you know, going onward, the the Ryder Cup is coming up. I'm not playing, but will be going with my wife. And so golf provides this this amazing you know set of of uh, milestones ahead of you that you look forward to and you keep working and striving towards. And that's uh, probably the best thing about the game of golf. I had a listener ask me about this during the Masters. Do you think Tiger Woods will ever play in a PGA Tour Champions event? You know, I believe uh, that he will. I I do believe that because you can ride a cart, uh, I think he's going to play. I've heard from the Mm -hmm. guys who are really close to him that he's looking forward to playing, and uh, I think he's looking forward to continuing a record-breaking career with uh, maybe trying to have a record-breaking Champions Tour career. and uh, That would be great for the Champions Tour. If he came out and did that, it would be a boon to everybody out here. Well, it would be great, too, to see you in the winner's circle. So, and It's been a couple of years, but uh, not, but uh, why not? It has been. Yep. Why not? You know what? If Bernard Langer can do it, I think <laughs> I can do it. Uh, what is it about... When you look at the Brainerd area and Minnesota, is there something that you, growing up in Alexandria, that gives you a little more affinity to to putting your stamp in, in the Lakes area of Minnesota? Um, well, home is home. Yep. Uh, there is no doubt that, uh, you know, that I go back and, and we have a place in Alexandria. We're there for three or four months every summer, early fall. Uh, there's nothing like it. I just love it. You know, there's, I've driven that road between Alexandria and Brainerd now so many times, and it's a beautiful drive. You know, you go through Parker's Prairie, and then you go through Staples, and then you kind of go up and around in the lakes, you know, up into Brainerd. And, I mean, it's, it's such a, I don't know, just it's peaceful. I, that was, you know, the life moves at the right pace, and the people are friendly and, and trustworthy and kind, and 
uh, you know, the lakes are beautiful and the topography is fantastic. And, you know, when you get a, a pallet like a, a Cragen's up there in Brainerd, and, you know, sometimes it's as simple as just clearing out a few trees. We took out a lot of trees to, to make it wider, to give more room for the ball to roll and, mm-hmm. and finish and still be in play. And, um, you know, but when you have a, a piece of land like they have there, you know, it's, I wouldn't say that you can't mess it up because you can, but it, it's certainly you'd have to work uh, to mess it up because it's so so perfect for the game of golf. Hey, my mom was from Staples. Go Cardinals. So uh, you, you, you touch you me know, right there. It's a good little a, town. It's a beautiful you area. Got it. Beautiful area. Yep. Uh, uh, what's in the future for you? Um, one one project at a time. Do you got something in mind here? Well, there's you know, there's always things that come up, and, and uh, recently we were contacted by a, a wonderful lady down in Minneapolis who has about 130 acres in Chanhassen, which has never been touched. And as I told her, you know, the, the thing that the old time architects had going for them is they would somebody would say to them, "Hey, we want to build a golf course, uh, so why don't you go find the you know the, the best land you can find in." this part of the Twin City area, and we'll build a golf course, and they go look for it, and they find what becomes Interlocker or what becomes mm-hmm. Minneapolis Golf Club. You know, So they had their choice. They could pick. You know, Nowadays, in urban areas, you don't have a choice. It's like there's, there's, there's really no land, and what land there might be is probably just the leftover stuff. Well, this, this particular person has you know, what is like the best land, you know, and she has it right in the middle of Chanhassen, and she wants to leave a legacy of, uh, for kids to enjoy and people to enjoy, and she's an avid golfer, and she says, she says her ex-husband or her late husband would roll over in his grave if you put, were to put houses on it. <laughs> you know, so she wants to build a golf course. And so, you know, that's uh, something that's just kind of popped up. And, you know, something that we're working towards is who we can make that dream come true for her. And, and uh, you know, so that's how the projects start. And, uh, you know, now it's just taking the ball and running with it and seeing what we can do. And, and that's a very typical type thing, you know, kind of a out-of-the-blue type phone call and, yeah, and uh, now it's something really exciting to look forward to, and and uh, you know, so we'll get a conceptual plan presented to the city of Chanhassen. You know, get try to get the preliminary approvals to to move uh, the next step, and you know, just go one step at a time. So, um, you know, a project in Phoenix that we have going on, and you know, you know, possibly one down in Florida. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're we're in, in a busy phase. Yeah, is it? And last question here: Is it? Hard to find layouts without houses on it. I golf at Edgewood in North Fargo. There are no houses on it. It was built in 1924. Is it hard to find that type of a layout? Well, it's hard to find land like that, you know, in near an urban area. Yeah. Without somebody wanting to put homes and, you know, to monetize their golf, you know, with the real estate. So uh, when you do find that opportunity, which is just pure golf, um, it is an opportunity that really doesn't come along all that often anymore. Um, you know, there's way more renovations going on or, or, than there are, you know, brand new um, golf courses. And there's is far more residential type things than there are just core golf, you know, just, just a golf course. So when you get that opportunity, boy, oh boy, you, you just, it's like a football, you tuck it on your arm and you run with it and, uh, and, you, and you get the job done. Again, it's the Layman 18, part of a 45-hole golf project at Craigens Resort on Gull Lake. I know all you golfers, everybody knows about it in the area. Check it out. Tom, thanks again for your time. Best of luck on continued uh, continued good health. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks. Good talking to you. You too. Thanks. That's Tom Layman. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show. We'll be back. Tom Ryan, right around the corner. Stay with us. you got to get up in the morning and head out to the 
how much fun was that? Thanks again for Tom Lehman for enjoying uh, joining the show. I don't know. It's, it's it's debatable how much more impact Tom has had on the game of golf, whether it's a, a designer or a player, uh, just really one of the country's great golf course designers and, and continues with this stuff in Brainerd and Craigans. Well, from one Tom to another, pleased to be joined by Tom Ryan. He is the re- going to be retiring as, as the executive director of the Minnesota Golf Association, post he's been having and held since 2002. Good morning, Tom. How are you? Good morning, Jeff. How are you doing? Well, awesome. Uh, Tom Lehman says hi. So obviously you, oh, you, sure. your two families have had quite the impact on, on the game of golf. Well, we uh, we have a, my my wife's uh, uh, family has a cabin in the Alexandria area, so we've been able to get to know Tom and Melissa and, and his kids a little bit over the last few years as he's as he's come up in the summer and and then also just through my time at the MGA. But it's always good to see him in the summer. He does, uh, as you said, he's done so many great things for the game, not only playing but through his foundation and. Uh, he probably talked a little bit about the nine-hole facility they're mm-hmm. putting together up at Alexandria. Um, you know, so he's always given back, and he's uh, he's a great friend of Minnesota golf, and uh, obviously everyone in Minnesota is very proud of him. You know, not every top-flight guy, golfer, exec, um, you name it, celebrity is is like that. What's that say about Tom and 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 his uh, love for the Minnesota Lakes courses, especially? Well, he it shows he's got a real. Uh, soft spot for his hometown number one but also he really respects the tradition of the game and uh uh you know great family and his brother jim was a past president of the mj a few years ago and i i know jim very well too and you just can't you just can't ask for for a better group and melissa's great Mm -hmm. and they they just do a wonderful thing for the community up there and for the state in general so yeah, it's uh, he's he's a, a good guy, great family, and, and as I said, we're really proud of him. So, what does a retiring golf association executive do when he retires? What do you do? Do you golf more? What's 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 on tap you know, for you? I uh, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they said, "Well, how much golf do you think you'll play?" And I and I know I can't play seven days a week. I'm not sure I can play much more than three or four, but I'll I'll play some golf and. Uh, you know, just just uh, take it easy for a while. I, mm-hmm. I told Doug Hoffman, our rules and competitions director, that I'll be open to, you know, volunteering a little bit as he needs help. Um, also, we spend some time in Florida in the winter, and I'll reach out to my friends there with the same offer. Love to stay involved in the game. We also are uh, launching a, a, a Minnesota Golf Foundation, or we've launched it, but we're really um, going full bore this summer, getting it going. And uh, and I've told those folks as well that I'd love to spend time helping to tell the story of Minnesota golf as it pertains to uh, our fundraising activities related to the foundation. So I, I'm sure I'll be busy, mm-hmm. uh, but there'll be some playing golf involved in there as well. That's awesome. The, what, what the foundation uh, possibly could do in, in, with the, with a game of golf as its background, you know, the MGA is, it's, this is no small venture. It's been around since the 1900s, 400, over 440 member golf clubs, 80,000 members, Describe what the MGA does for the for the average golfer out there. Our signal goes well into Western Minnesota. Well, you know what? One of the things that that the golfer is probably most familiar with is is the Gin handicap that they use. Um, and we administer the the handicapping program. Gin is actually the service that we that we use from the USGA. But the handicap system itself uh, is 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 complex. 
and working with the golfers, working with the handicapped chairs at the clubs uh, and the USJ and administering the system is one of the one of the primary things that we do. We have two full-time people who do nothing but field calls, give presentations mm-hmm. on that. Um, along with that is the course rating and yep. uh, slope system that everybody's familiar with to some extent, but we have a couple teams of raiders that do approximately 70 75 golf courses a year um and then rinse and repeat you know they they're doing them 75 years so every course gets rated every five or six years Mm -hmm. and that's really what drives the handicap system so we do that we also run um 23 um minnesota golf championships from the state amateur for the men women's state amateur senior events junior championships um and 23 of those a senior tour of about 750 uh, players, men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really our, our tournament program, and it's 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 significant, and we're very proud of that. Um, we're also an information clearinghouse, Jeff, for all the uh, the golf related information. So between our website, our magazine, our uh, 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 bi bi monthly uh, newsletters, online newsletters. We're really reporting what's going on in Minnesota golf, from the tournaments to the news to the business of the game, and and presenting that to the to the golfing public out there. Um, one thing that that goes a little, uh, you know, not really noticed until there's something really big going on, is our legislative presence too, is our presence at the Capitol, and yeah. that really came to to the front when uh, when COVID hit, and we worked with our allied associations to and the 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 state government uh, government mm-hmm. to get golf back open when early that spring no one knew what was going to happen oh, so for sure that's something we we work we worked and we have a lobbyist down there um, all year um, we'll work through the issues that come up superintendents we help them with that as well as as superintendents or uh, issues related to water herbicides etc come up so you know and that's just kind of the the over the, the broad brush yeah there's um, a lot that goes into it there's no doubt there's a lot that goes yeah. into it yep tom ryan is the executive director of the minnesota golf association joins us on the golf show this is jeff kopak come to you from 740 the fan 107.3 fm the show brought to you as always by michelob ultra the gin system i think a lot of people don't know this tom but uh it, it, i mean it, it's now a lot more consistent i want to say and it wasn't always that way I think that was a victory. I, I'm guessing you guys fought and won over the last several years. Yeah, you know the the there's a couple components to it too. And the World Handicap System, which is which is new, just a couple years old, and really brought there was there was I believe six or seven systems throughout the world. And you know the USJ was had probably the largest, but there was a different system over in England. You know the RNA had a little different system, so. What happened over the last six, seven years, there was there was a process to bring all these systems together. And mm-hmm. along with that, the gin service, which we you know, purchased through the USGA to provide to our members, was completely revamped. Um, so the system itself, the service, the gin service has, has been improved. And now with the gin app, you can post your score immediately when you're done playing. You can keep track of your statistics. Um, you can enter hole by hole and keep track of fairways hit, greens hit. Putts, etc. There's now a GPS component to it as well, so that the app is great. And for those uh, listening who who really haven't used the app, go on to gin.com and 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 take a look and and 
and access that, and that that really is fun and 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 makes it makes entering your score and keeping track of your score is really fun. Well, and it makes <laughs> yeah, it makes the game more equitable. I mean, yeah, uh, exactly. With the gin system, it gives my brothers a chance to beat me. That's my one shot of them. But um, yeah, and yeah, and you know what? They they revamped it a little bit. It used to be that ten out of twenty scores were used. Now there's eight. Mm-hmm. Now that your your handicap index is revised every time you post a score instead of every two weeks, that I think is is really the most significant change because it's really then giving you a number that is current. Um, if you have a, a a great stretch or a bad stretch mm-hmm. over a two week period, your number wouldn't change. And if you're playing in an event, you're playing with your buddies as your brothers, as you say. Um, it really doesn't reflect what your game is at that point in time. And I think what, what this does with that change of being more dynamic instead of every two weeks, it does that. And we've, we've heard great, got great feedback on that. Yeah. Um, one of the most significant changes. I agree. But you're right. Yep. The whole handicap system, you know, it's, it's based on the fact everybody's trying to do their best all the time, but it really demonstrates your ability. Used to, they used to say it demonstrates or shows your potential. Mm-hmm. But I think with some of these changes, it really is demonstrating your ability at any given time. Absolutely. You mentioned earlier about going to the state capitol during COVID and lobbying state lawmakers. What's your reaction to how the game really flourished during well, COVID that, and after? Yeah, you know, that was really one of the big surprises, I think, to everybody. Um, you know, because COVID hit us so quickly, mm-hmm. uh, and it hit us here in Minnesota right as we were opening uh, golf course. In fact, some were open when the order then came to shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, we had no idea what, what was going to happen and we didn't know how long it was going to be. And we didn't know what the impact obviously was. And as devastating as it was to so many parts of our lives, it had a real positive impact on golf because, and what we were able to show, um, was that golf can be safe, a safe way when, mm-hmm. you know, the whole six stay away from everybody, you know, stay six feet away. Well, you could do that in golf. You could stay well over that away. You didn't, the rules had already been changed to allow the flag six to be kept in, yeah. which is kind of serendipitous looking back, but that was there. So you, you know, you didn't have to touch ball washers. You didn't have to touch the flag stick. Um, but the important thing is you were outside, which everybody was talking about was safe. The biggest change had to be actually within the clubhouse. How were they going to, the public course is going to um, interact with the, with the people coming to play and, and pay for their rounds, et cetera. And they all figured that out yeah. and, uh, uh, and involved food and beverage a bit. But the game itself flourished. People who couldn't do other things, couldn't go to their kids' sports, um, couldn't go to the theater, couldn't go to movies, couldn't do all these things, could get out and play golf. And so we not only got a lot of new players looking for something to do, but we got a lot of players, people who hadn't played in a while to come back. And the great thing, Jeff, is that it's, we've maintained that momentum. Um, and, and there's no indication as we go into 2023, that that's going to change in any significant way. No. And, and, and actually like Tom Lehman earlier in the show said, uh, you know, they're busy. I mean, his, his design group's busy. Do you see a lot of design groups out there that are busy? Is Are we building courses now again in the state of Minnesota? Well, there are a couple that are on, uh, that are on the books. And Tom just finished, you know, and, and I think some of the holes were new. Some were redesigned up at Cragen. But mm-hmm. um, what, what really we have seen, I, going back to the new course question, um, yeah. 
I think you're going to see a few. We don't. We might have a couple in in the planning stage here, but what we're really seeing are renovations yeah. and restorations, right. and that's because public and private clubs now, with with the the increased interest over the last few years, have a little extra money to spend, and so they're taking a look at those deferred projects that, you know, for the last five, ten years, with the economy being the way it was and, and golf kind of being where it was, they really weren't didn't have the, the appetite to take on, and now they do. So yep. no surprise that Tom's got a lot of work. There's a lot of clubs in town here, private clubs down here, that are, have either just finished projects the last couple of years uh, or are entering into projects. Yep. Interlocking shutting down in about six weeks. Heard that. A big, a big project. Um, uh, Woodhill's looking at some work in the next couple of years. There's some other clubs, and there's four or five or six that have just recently completed projects um, uh, over the last two, three years. So, uh, yeah, a lot of work, which is great. And, uh, again, a lot of those projects and a lot of that work have been deferred, and now they've got the money and the interest and the backing of their members, and they're, they're going to get it done. Tom Ryan is a guest, the executive director of the Minnesota Golf Association. We're going to take a break. More with our conversation with Tom right after this. Welcome back. Final segment of the Golf Show is presented by Michelob Ultra. This is Jeff Kopak coming to you on 740 The Fan, the fifth largest AM signal in the United States of America. Tom Ryan is the executive director of the Minnesota Golf Association, kind enough to take a few more minutes this morning. You know what I like about golf in Minnesota, Tom, is uh, the diversity, and and it's just not Minneapolis Twin Cities courses. you got great stuff in Duluth, Iron Range, Brainerd. I, I just uh, I love the, the, the possibilities that the state offers. I, I'm curious to get your opinion on that. I agree, uh, absolutely. Um, and I wish, you know, frankly, we could take more of our championships out state um, but part of it is purely an economic situation. We just don't get as many players if, if we go, depending how far away we go. But um, in my travels around, you know, some of the best kept secrets are, are in the smaller town. And part of it is the, I think, or not part, but a, a large part is just the pride that a community takes in, in their golf course. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's privately owned or community owned, you know, municipal, uh, municipal golf course or not, they just take great pride. And, and, uh, um, so conditions are great. Um, prices are good. Uh, you know, I've been to places they, they can't wait, just jump in a cart. Even if I don't have time to play, they want to go out and show me something. Let's go look at our 14th hole, show you what we've done there. You know, so that happens on a regular basis. Um, in fact, I would say that some of the best conditioned golf courses are, are out state, yeah. even, even, so than in the Twin Cities. And then when you go to a place like North, you know, Duluth with Northland, a, a Ross course up there, the great, the great resort courses that have been built up in the Brainerd area, uh, you know, between the classic at Madden's and, and Cragen's now with Tom coming in and, and Bobby Jones before him. And, and uh, uh, you know, the Arnold Palmer course at, at Deacon's Lodge um, and others that I'm, that I'm missing. It's just, that's great. Um, uh, you know, up up in your neck of the woods, you know, Moorhead Country Club and and uh, some of the great facilities up up there. And and then when people go on vacation, mm-hmm. and I think that's something that is unique to Minnesota is that so many people go north, whether they're going to a cabin for a week or they own a cabin up there, and they're going up and they're 
not just pulling the boat and taking their fishing rod. They're, they're taking their golf club. And, uh, and, and that's really helped, I think, the economy up there, too, when they know that the people coming into town for a week or a, a, even a weekend vacation are bringing their golf clubs and playing. So, uh, yeah, we're, we, it, we're very proud of, of the courses and all the courses in Minnesota. And like I've told people before, no matter what you think, Every golf course is someone's favorite course, and I think that really holds true for us. I read somewhere where you learned the game at Town & Country in St. Paul, which I have played, had the privilege to play. That's where golf started in Minnesota, I believe. It's one of the oldest courses in America, one of the first 25. I hope we keep Town & Country, right? And the history of that is, I think, yeah. unmatched. It is. You know, Town it's, – it's the – you hear a couple things. The oldest course on the same site, west of Chicago or west of the Mississippi. I think it's west of Chicago, actually. I think you're right. Uh, and, yeah, it was a great – I grew up very close to there and cat, started catting there when I was about 11 or 12. Worked in the golf shop through high school and college. Um, have played that course probably as often as I've played any course that I know of just by work, by virtue of working there. And still have some friends that are that are members there that still live in the, in the area. Um, it's very cool. You you wouldn't build a course like that anymore, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Um, the the quirkiness of some of the holes, the uniqueness, the routing. Um, I mean, where can you 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 play the 14th hole and that's the last par four you play on the golf course? <laughs> you know, um, and there's only two par fours on the whole backside. You know, just those types of things mm-hmm. really make it fun. And and Bill Larson, the superintendent. Um, does a marvelous job, and and they've really, I think, retro. Their their renovations were really retro oriented, and yeah. even to the old style flags on the flag sticks, and and the bunkering and the look and the feel, and and uh, yeah, I I get back there maybe not quite every year, but certainly once or twice every two three years, and still love it and enjoy it. It's really fun. You must be good at side hill lies. <laughs> You have to be side hill, downhill. Yeah. I know it's crazy out there. Tom Ryan is the executive director of the Minnesota Golf Association. Kind of take a few more minutes. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the golf show as presented by Michelob Ultra. Any threats to the game out there? Do you see anything that we have to look out for in the next few years? I I don't think there's there's really threats to the game itself. Um, you know, we we're always we're addressing pace of play is always at top of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, the cost and and actually in Minnesota we're we're fortunate that we've got such access to public golf and pretty reasonably priced to be honest versus other activities. Um, you know, equipment I think has hit a little bit of a ceiling in terms of cost, but there's always the cost factor to to consider. But if, if there's a threat, I think it's it's. Uh, uh, it's really we have to, from an environmental standpoint and a resource standpoint, look at water. Even in Minnesota, mm-hmm. look at the use of water and and uh, you know pesticides, herbicides, fertilizers, and their impact. That's certainly you know something that's looked at everywhere in all in all areas of life. But golf, we have to we have to make sure that that it's sustainable in terms of the environment. Right. Uh, but I think that the short term threat. Or the, the, I don't really see any short-term threats, as you will. I, we certainly, people are interested in playing. We have to continue to get our kids involved. Um, we're doing a better job. There's a lot more women playing golf. There's a lot more people of color playing golf, certainly here in Minnesota. And some of the new programming that we're looking at, and especially in our youth, is, is directed towards that. So um, we just have to keep at it and, uh, uh, you know, be mindful that, 
that nothing's forever and take nothing for granted, but it's in a good place. And, uh, you know, we just need to be stewards of the game and leave it, leave the game and in Minnesota as just uh, in a better place than we found it. And that's really what our goal always is. Last question before I let you go. What's the state of our youth programs statewide in, in Minnesota? Um, I think it's, it's in a really good place. Um, high school golf, participation in high school golf seems to just keep growing every year. Um, and, uh, and that's a, a good indicator. The PGA section runs a, runs a wonderful junior tournament program um, that keeps continuing to grow. And over the last two, three years, we've, there's a program called Youth on Course. And it was uh, originated out in the Northern California by the Northern California Golf Association, I want to say eight or ten years ago. Um, and they've, they've extended it and offered the, the, the blueprint of the program um, to all state associations. And we, we joined, embraced it about four years ago. And we have, Joel just gave me a note yesterday, we've got uh, almost 12,000 kids registered again this year for that program, mm-hmm. um, which is a little up over last year. And COVID is where it really jumped, as you can imagine, too, mm-hmm. with the lack of things kids could do. Yeah. And in that program, for a, for a small membership fee that gets them a bag tag and a gin handicap and a couple other things, um, they're registered in the program, and they can play golf at participating courses for $5 or less. And then we subsidize each round uh, at an agreed-upon price with the course. So we've got 100 golf courses across the state, including some of the resort courses in Brainerd, as an example, participating. Um, so for 5 bucks, kids can play up to age 18. And uh, it's, I, I liken it to, to Sandlot baseball, mm-hmm. um, where you know it's not organized. You play with your friends. You get a tee time. You get out there and play and create your own game and have fun. Um, and don't worry about your score. And just have a great time. Yep. And hopefully, because not everybody's going to end up being a, a play tournament golf. We know that. But what we want to do long term is get these kids engaged and introduced to the game so that even though they may cut back as they get through college and start their life and family, et cetera, that they'll never forget it. They'll come back to it when they can. Um, and, uh, and that's going to sustain the game as well from a participation standpoint. So we're really excited about that, and that continues to grow. Yep, I know our own Tom Hoagie has given back to uh, Minnesota oh. Youth Golf, too, so uh, that, that's great stuff. Yeah. Tom, yeah. appreciate your time. Again, best of luck on retirement, and uh, – Love to catch up to you sometime down the line. I wouldn't. uh, I'd appreciate that. And thanks for what you do for the game up there, too, Jeff. Uh, You as well. That's Tom Ryan, the executive director of the Minnesota Golf Association. That's the golf show with Jeff Kopak. Thanks again, Tom Lehman, the first half of the hour. If you missed it, you can always go on the podcast on 740thefan.com. Until next week, hit them straight.